What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look at us. It's another Sunday here, and I guess I'm starting this thing off a little positive. How we doing, guys? It's a beautiful Sunday here on Time to Jets podcast. You know what it is. Hook it up with the subscribe wherever you're listening right now, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Appreciate the listen. Appreciate the subscribe. So go hook it up. And if you have a little time, leave a little uh, five-star review. We always appreciate that as well. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that in advance. Y'all are the best. And of course, you can find me always on that Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. Hit me up with your expectations, your predictions, what you're looking for out of the Jets today as they travel over to the Mile High City in Denver to get it on with the Broncos. And maybe I shouldn't say it like that. The phrasing of that, yeah, it's a, it's a little off. I'll, uh, I'll take it easy. My bad, guys. <laughs> but seriously, this is going to be a serious game for this Jets team coming off of a abysmal, disgraceful performance versus the Pats last week in the home opener in a game that, I mean, I'm not sugarcoating it when I say it was disgraceful. The performance that was displayed by, I mean, top to bottom on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, defensively, they put on they put on a show. I don't want to dog those guys. They did great. But the offensive performance last week was about as bad as it can get. So if you're Mike LaFleur, and you're coming out here this week and you've been facing this criticism that you got from every which way, from myself, from the radio, from the newspapers. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of questions being asked on Matt LaFleur right now and the play calling from last week and the play calling from week one and the, you know, awful game there was for Zach Wilson as well. But. He comes out this week, says there's a lot of, you know, a lot of good things to take out and you got to just move on past it. I'll agree with that, but I need to see it. I need to see the action. I need to see you do something here. And this is, it's game day. So now it's time to show us your improvement. It's time to go out there and, you know, show us that last week was an anomaly and that we should not come to expect that type of performance out of this team going forward. Unfortunately, I don't think this opponent is going to be the right one to get right verse, especially on the road, going to the Mile High City, playing these Denver Broncos with a top five defense, both passing and rushing. This is going to be a tough, tough game. And I mean, you got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that haven't been in the league for a long time, a lot of guys that have never played in Denver. So this type of an experience, this type of a game is going to be very difficult. Uh, this offense, you got to see what they have. Hopefully they're able to do a couple of things versus this defense. But man, I mean, I'm looking up and down the Broncos roster and they got some serious, serious dogs out here. I mean, first off, we got to start with the GOAT on Denver and that's Von Miller. My guy is coming out hot this year three sacks, letting everybody know he still got it. I mean, and I don't know who was doubting Von Miller, thinking that he didn't still have it, but my guy, 
three sacks through two games is something special right there. And it's helping this Denver defense a lot because they already got three turnovers, including two interceptions. And, I mean, you just look at the secondary. That's that's going to be a serious, serious issue for Zach Wilson this week. I mean, once you get past the fact that Von Miller is going to be rushing him on every pass, you got to look at this secondary where you have Justin Simmons, who is perhaps the best safety in the entire NFL. And I don't say that with any type of tongue in cheek or, I mean, that's, that's just the, the cold hard facts. Justin Simmons, when you watch him play, he's all over the place. He's breaking up passes, making tackles on the line of scrimmage, chasing guys down, playing great coverage. I mean, he's about as good as it gets at the position outside of perhaps Jamal Adams. And I mean, I think Simmons is a little more versatile in, in the, and when I say that, I mean, I think he's a bit better on the coverage. But this dude is going to be making a lot of plays today, and you should be expecting him to probably, and I don't, I hope this isn't going to be the case, but probably be a menace for Zach Wilson in terms of just being in his head and being all over the place. I think, I think Zach Wilson is going to be seeing two Justin Simmons possibly, and I hope I'm bugging out when I say that, and I hope I'm very wrong, but Justin Simmons is just that good of a player. And you know what? If Justin Simmons doesn't have that type of game, if he doesn't play, you know, as spectacular as I'm uh, talking him up to be right now, even though he is that good of a player, the rest of this secondary for Denver is absolutely unbelievable. And, I mean, you got Kareem Jackson and Kyle Fuller. Just those two at corner. Starting for you, you've really got something cooking there. Throw in Patrick Sertan, that that trio of corners, that's something you're not, you know, you're not going to go against very easily. Sertan still, you know, getting his feet wet in the NFL, but he's already got a pick. He's playing great against some good competition so far. I mean, you know, nothing incredible. I mean, he's not going up against DeAndre Hopkins or anything yet, but he's going up against guys who are professional receivers in the league and he's making plays. And that's going to be something to watch because Patrick Sertan is a guy that I wanted in the draft. I mean, I know as a two pick, that's not likely, but I was a fan of perhaps trading down in last year's draft and maybe getting a little more draft capital and going out and getting Sertan with that pick because I just, I think he's going to be that good of a corner and I think it is going to come quick to him. So I got to watch out this week, especially after what happened last week with the Pats. Four interceptions. Once the ball got rolling there, it got it got really bad. And against a secondary like this, with ball hawks, guys who are vets, like, I mean, Kyle Fuller is, he's been one of the best corners in the league for a long time. And maybe he's never been the guy or anybody that you would think of as shut down when you, when you try to call out shut down corners, but my guy's been getting the job done in Chicago for a while. He's been getting the job done across the board. I mean, he, he locks people down. He's quiet. He's not flashy. He's not going to do a ton of, you know, he's not going to do a ton for you, but he gets the job done. And by the end of the game, you look and you go, wow, Kyle Fuller had a hell of a game over there. So, 
that's another dude to just keep keep an eye on in that secondary. And, I mean, that's the last thing this offense needs right now. So, when you have a really great pass rusher, a generational pass rusher in Von Miller, and a secondary with as much talent as this Denver secondary has, how do you combat that? Run the football. So, I hope I hope Mike LaFleur is listening to this because, I mean, here, here's a little tip, and I'm sure he already knows it, but you know what? Here's a tip for you, Mike. Run the damn ball today, brother. The offensive line had a better game last week outside of Greg Van Rotten. I mean, and he did well, I guess, on the overall. He did okay, but he had some costly, costly mistakes. So, hopefully... That continues. The guys continue to get better, I mean. And you see another good run game here because last week, five yards of carry for both Michael, for, well, combined for Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. And I think you got to keep feeding those beasts right there. They showed you last week that they can get the job done. I like what Ty Johnson was doing in terms of breaking tackles and being able to, you know, break off some nice, quick runs. Agile, smart running back. Michael Carter, on the other hand, is a dude who, I mean, you hand him the ball and he's going to pound his way for a couple of yards. He's, I mean, this, I like watching him run and I don't want to get crazy with comparisons very early in a guy's career because you never know how, you know, which way they're going to go. But this dude, to me, is Frank Gore. And I mean, you got to feed him. You got to get him. 17 plus carries and see what he can do for you. I know 17 sounds really minuscule and that's kind of a cop out, but when you got Ty Johnson there too, you got to make sure you're getting him the ball because he can make things happen. And especially, especially when you're going to be running the ball as much as I think the Jets should be today. This, this Denver defense, while they're great against a run right now, I think they're going to start to have a little bit of issues going forward being that they lost Bradley Chubb to injury. They lost their starting linebacker and pretty much, you know, quarterback of their defense in Josie Jewell to a season-ending injury last week. And it's pretty likely Mike Purcell is not going to play, and that's their interior defense right there, interior starting defensive lineman. I mean, you're talking about nose tackle, DT, linebacker, and Bradley Chubb, who is a pass rusher, but also a linebacker who gets out there and makes a lot of plays. So you lose all three of those guys for today. And I'm, I'm saying all three of them. You lost both Jewel and Chubb for sure. Purcell is most likely not going to play, in my opinion. But I'm no doctor. I'm no, I don't, I don't have anything to do with Denver. That's just a guess. Those three guys are out. Three starters. Three important run stoppers. You have to attack that. You have to exploit that. And you also have to put together drives. This defense is good for you, and they're doing a lot of great things out there. But they need rest. You can't have the defense out on the field for, I mean, 90% of the first quarter. Then that's what, I mean, it might not have been that much, but it felt like it. Because if you continue to do that, one, you might lose the defense. You might lose guys over there who say, screw this. This offense isn't giving us any type of help right now. Why should we be 
going out here and doing this. You know, I'm going to do my job to whatever I want to do, and I'm going to make sure I get mine. Because at that point, that's what you're playing for. Yeah, the NFL is a business at the end of the day, guys. Like, this is a very dangerous game. And if you guys who, if you got guys who aren't putting out for you, then you know you got to put on for yourself at that point because you need to get yourself on out of there because that's a toxic situation. The other thing that happens is the defense is dead tired. And that's the, re- that's the real thing. That's the real reason why you shouldn't be doing this. Players quit, and that's, that's the worst-case scenario. Having people dead tired on your sideline, grabbing waters, and then turning around and seeing the ball get turned over or seeing the ball get punted and knowing, okay, crap, okay, defense, hats on, let's get on the field. It's just, it's a bummer. It takes you out of the game. It takes all the momentum away from getting stops, from getting turnovers, from, you know, making big plays, holding teams to field goals. Those are those are just momentum building things for defenses and to just not be able to, okay, breathe for a second, get your wits about you, talk about what you're seeing on the field. You can't really, there's nothing to do. You're just reacting. You're just continuing the play. You're, you're playing a continuous game at that point, and it feels like insanity because you just keep going out there, keep getting stops, and your offense keeps doing the same thing to you. Three and out interception three and out three and out you know interception it's just it's brutal and it it can't continue for this team like this I I don't believe it will and I, I I think that the best way to stop that right now versus a great secondary and a great pass rush is by running this football you got two capable backs do it do it early do it often establish the run establish the old line and let's see what you can do out there. Because, I mean, outside of the fact that the defense needs to have a little bit more rest, and I I think that the you know secondary and the pass rush for Denver is elite, you also got Zach Wilson dealing with a groin injury. And you got to make sure you're protecting him. I mean, he's been getting hit double-digit times in both games so far this year. He's been hit over 25 times so far this season. That's not that's not longevity. That's not going to last a long time right there. And today, he might not be able to run as well as he has in the past. Because, I mean, listen, he practiced all week with the groin, but who knows where it's at. The fact that it's listed on the injury report means that it obviously had some type of effect. So if he's not 100%, he might not be able to make some of these, you know, shift out of the pocket. Get away from the rush. Get the ball out on the run. These are all things that, you know, you need to be fully healthy down low in order to make sure that you're able to do it at a high level. And if you're not sure if there are questions about Zach's ability to do that with the offensive line you have currently constructed and their ability to pass block, which is questionable, even though it was better last week, it's still questionable. You need to make sure you're protecting him and outside of, bringing in more tight ends to block for him on uh, passing plays, I think the best way to do that is running the ball. And I think there will be success. I think there will be success for this Jets team running the ball again today, especially with the injuries that I've noted for the Denver Broncos. But one quick point I want to make prior to moving on to 
the other side of the ball, my favorite side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and what they need to get going on for this game and what to look for on that Denver offense, I want to just give you a quick update on Denzel Mims because this this guy, I mean, his time with the Jets is getting so weird. His, I don't even know what to call it. Like, he's so up and down with a roller coaster the ways these coaches are just talking about him. I mean... Last week, you're hearing the guy can't play this, the guy can't do that. And now all of a sudden, you're hearing Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur talking glor- you know, gloriously about him, giving him a ton of praise. And so much so, I, I believe Denzel Mims is going to play today. And not only do I think he's going to be active and you know on the sideline, I think he's going to get in this game, and I think he's going to get an opportunity to make a couple of plays here and there because the way this these guys are talking about him, I mean, you're also hearing these rumors that they're feel that they're not fielding any trade requests for him. Teams are calling them about trades, getting on the horn with Douglas, and he's saying no right now to any trade requests for Denzel Mims. So that means there's obviously some kind of faith, or they're seeing something there where he's starting to step it up and maybe maybe taking his game to another level or taking it to the level that they really think that he can get it to. We'll see what happens there. I just, that's what I'm feeling right now. And I think if Mims does play and he gets the chances, he's going to make an impact. And this is his moment. This is his moment once again. You're going to get a chance, possibly, Denzel. And this is the time where you need to prove everybody right. You got a nice little 40-yard grab on one of your three chances of the season so far. Make another nice play. Make another catch. Make a couple catches. Run good routes. Block well. No penalties. That's what you need to see out of Denzel Mims to probably see him continue running out on the field on Sundays at least in a Jets uniform, that is. But <laughs> I got to tell you, I was thinking that he was guaranteed to be gone maybe maybe in the next couple of weeks. And now, I I mean, unless this is the biggest smokescreen that we have ever seen and they're just trying to really play games with us here, I don't see how he's not in this team's plans for Sunday and probably their plans moving forward as well, so... We will keep an eye on that Denzel Mims situation up until uh, up until they announce where whether he's going to play or not. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch today. Keep an eye on that for sure. And you know it's funny. It's funny. Uh, in an alternate universe right now, Denzel Mims is catching a touchdown from Teddy Bridgewater in Jets uniforms. And I'm thinking about that because I'm looking at the way. Teddy Bridgewater has started this 2021 season for the Broncos. And I got to be honest with you, it's not insane. He's not doing anything that's not Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, this is who Teddy Bridgewater is for the most part. When you look at him as a quarterback in this league, the guy has 592 yards, 77 completion percentage, which extremely high. I don't expect it to be that high all season, but the guy completes the ball at a high rate. I mean, 66% typically for him on a given year. This is maybe an above average year for him, but still, 
high completion percentage guy. So don't 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 look at the seventy seven percent and go, oh, that's just because it's early in the year. No, he completes the ball at a high rate. Four touchdowns, zero picks, and a QBR, which I have no idea, like I said, how it's calculated, and I really don't care how it's calculated. I just know what it's out of, so I view it as a score. His QBR is eighty two point seven, which you might go to yourself, well, that's all right. It's number one in the NFL right now. Teddy Bridgewater is that kind of guy. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to take advantage of what you give him, and he's going to play it. He's going to play the game of football the right way. He's a smart guy, fought back from a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries. I mean, think of where he was five years ago with Minnesota in just what was one of the most catastrophic injuries a player could have with his knee, almost losing his leg, potentially losing his life. I mean, for the guy to be where he is today, he great for him, and I'm really happy for Teddy Bridgewater. I wish I could say the same thing about Sam Darnold, who had a great game on Thursday, but that's just disappointment for, I guess, his time as a gent. Good for Sam. I'll move on past that. I'm I'm past that already, guys. I I don't know if everybody else is, but I'm past the Sam Darnold on Thursday night game. I don't want to get into it too much, but that's my thoughts right there. Let's get back on to Bridgewater, though, because I want to make sure I'm giving my man the respect that he deserves. And, you know, he's not a running quarterback. He's got 20 yards on the year on seven carries, but that's, that's just show you who he is. If you're dropping back into coverage on him, and you're paying, a, you know, because he's completing at 77%, guess what? He's going to take it and run it for three yards. He's going to run it for the five yards he needs for first down, and he's going to get it because that's what Teddy Bridgewater does. You need to watch out for this guy. He's not going to do anything spectacular. He's not necessarily going to beat you, but he's not going to lose the game for Denver. He's not going to make any stupid mistakes, so you need to be smart and you need to be playing really good coverage on some strong, strong weapons. And when I say weapons, I mean, these are guys who, I mean, you'll hear their names and you go, what? Those guys aren't that good. They make plays. And I mean, they're all young, so they might not be where they're going to be in two or three years yet, but this could be an elite group in a couple of years. I mean, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, both at wide receiver, both studs. I mean, Tim Patrick is a guy who has just completely turned himself into a great player out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere. The guy is a go-to receiver, and he makes plays. I, I'm shocked. It, it blows my mind. <laughs> it, it really does to see a guy come out of nowhere like him and just do this. So that's good for him, but... On the other side with Cortland Sutton, that's that's a highly touted man out of SMU. And he, for a couple of years, wasn't necessarily a guy who was performing and had some injury issues, but Cortland Sutton's finding his stride. I think I think Cortland Sutton's going to be one of the better receivers in the NFL, and he already is a really good one at that. So those two guys on the outside causing havoc for this secondary. And then look at the inside, and you have... Big Albert O out of Mizzou, and I don't want to disrespect him and say his last name awfully wrong, so I just call him Big Albert O. 
on the one side at tight end making really nice plays. And then on the other side, you have Noah Fant, who already is probably a top 10 tight end in this league and causes insane matchup issues because he's essentially a wide receiver with a tight end's body. Like, I mean, you put the agility, the speed of a wide receiver into a guy looking like him and you got a matchup nightmare for players in that secondary. I mean, this is going to be really difficult. You're going to need some help out of that linebacking core. And I mean, the linebacking core is going to have their hands full in their own right. And we'll get to that in a second, but I think Marcus may is going to have to step up big time in this game and need to make plays happen against those tight ends because he's going to have a lot of the coverages on them. He's going to be matched up probably against Fant a lot, I would assume. I need to see Marcus May make some things happen out there. Marcus May is a guy I've been touting all year. Marcus May is a guy I believe in. I think he's a leader on this team, a leader on this defense, and if you can get him going, I think this secondary will start to get going and get a little confidence in them. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be able to stop Denver passing the game because these are big and physical receivers, and you're talking about a young secondary that's still figuring out the NFL for the most part. I mean, Marcus May is your veteran back there with five years of experience. You also have three corners who are playing significant minutes right now, significant snaps on the field, who are rookies. That, that my friend... That's not a good matchup against guys who know how to get open and know how to bully ball against, you know, smaller corners, smaller guys covering them. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be the way that you can shut down Denver. I don't think you could take that away. So we now turn again to the run. Denver has two bulls in that backfield. Melvin Gordon, who... I mean, he's a good player, had issues last year, but, I mean, my guy, when he is healthy and running, he is good, and he is making things happen, and he's breaking off runs. He already has a 70-yard run this year. He has 130 yards. His running mate, the guy he's splitting carries with, Javante Williams, former teammate of uh, Michael Carter over at UNC. They split the time in the backfield over there, so... That'll be a nice little reunion. We'll see maybe uh, who can who can get the better of each other, who gets the higher number of yards in this one. I'm going to say Michael Carter, but that's more because of what I think about that Denver interior defense and what I think about Javante Williams because Javante Williams already has over 100 yards himself on the season. So he is running the ball very well. He has 27 carries, which is actually three more than Melvin Gordon has right now. So, this Denver team runs the ball a lot. They get it going. That's how they make their money is on the ground with this offensive line. You got to try to penetrate. This is a big game. I should chill there with the penetrate. I'm getting a little crazy with these references today. I got to calm down. Calm down. It's the morning, all right? Myself a cold water and a nice, nice cold shower after this one. But... (laughs) Well, you need to get yourself some good explosion. Oh, God, another one. I'm just going to say the penetration from the defensive line. 
Quentin Williams needs to have a game today. He needs to step up and he needs to do something. I want to see Quentin Williams in that backfield making tackles on the running backs. Today, you know what? I will allow Quentin Williams to eat up blocks as long as you see guys making plays because of it. Q, this is a, this is a vital year for him. I've said it multiple times. Today's a big day. Another time where, okay, now you got to step up. Fatakasi, Foley, another day. Do your job, brother. And then if those two guys on the interior line can do their job, I think we're going to see another beautiful day from the linebackers because what they did last week was absolutely stunning. That's how you're supposed to play the position. That's the type of effort you want to see from guys like C.J. Mosley, who is a leader. The effort you want to see from guys like Quincy Williams, who are trying to show out and get themselves on NFL rosters and maybe your roster going forward. These are good things to see, and I think you're going to see a lot more of it this week. This linebacking core is going to be active. They're going to be all over the place, making plays. I think that this defense is going to be able to shut down that Denver run to a degree. I mean, if you're able to get that done, if you're able to shut down the run or at least contain them and hold them to under 100 yards, under 90 yards, which I think is not only reasonable, but very much attainable. And this defense, from what they have shown me so far, I have no doubt in my mind that they will be able to shut down this run today and play well against this Denver offensive line. Let's go, Big D. Time to show up today, guys. Uh, I believe in it. I believe in this defense. If nothing else, I believe in this defense. And they they can make plays. They have ability and they have the coaching to do it. Now, before I get to picks and predictions and players to watch, I just want to give you quick updates on two guys on the injured reserve, or not on the injured reserve, but guys who are on the injury report for this week. I apologize for that. First off, Jonathan Franklin Myers. It would appear that he's going to be able to play today. I think he'll get out there. How much he will be used, I don't know what his limitations will be. I don't know. Will it be on a snap count? Who knows? But I think he's going to be on the field, and I think he's going to be making an impact because he practiced towards the end of the week, and from all accounts, he looked pretty good. So keep Franklin Myers out of your mind when it comes to somebody not suiting up. But somebody not suiting up most likely is going to be Jameson Crowder. Again, this week, doubtful, limited practice, no practice actually all week, and... It's just not a good sign for Crowder, a guy that I think is going to be important for this offense if he can ever get back on the field or if he can get back on the field reasonably before somebody steps up and takes his job. And you hope somebody does that. So far, it hasn't happened. But all the more reason for Denzel Mims to have an opportunity today and all the more reason for Denzel, Denzel Mims to take full advantage of that opportunity. Make it happen. Do what you got to do, kid. On to players to watch, though. First off, we start on the defense. My favorite side of the ball, as everybody knows. And I mentioned you got to stop the run. You got to stop the run. But you got to be able to stop the pass, too. At least contain it. 
And the man I'm going to be watching most today, because one, I want to see what he's able to do with just really good receivers. But I also want to see him age throughout this season. I think this is a good game to get a view on Bryce Hall. I have a feeling he's going to have a good game. Something, something weird in me tells me Teddy Bridgewater is throwing an interception today, and it's going to Bryce Hall. So keep an eye on Bryce Hall out there in the secondary. think he's due for a big one. I think he's due for a breakout game. And this just seems like the right opportunity for it to happen. Offensive side of the ball, I'm keeping my eye directly on Michael Carter. Today is a day I think Michael Carter can solidify himself as the lead back in this two-headed monster that the Jets currently have. I think Michael Carter can show fans and the league in my opinion, that he's a dude who's here to stay. He's going up against his old teammate and Javante Williams. He'll have a little bit of pride there, you know, a little bit of competition versus his old running mate. So I think you see a big game out of Michael Carter and what that game is. I'm going to put it at a number and I'll say he gets over a hundred yards. Let's do it. Why not? Right. Prediction time, prediction time, prediction time. You would think by the way I'm talking that I got the Jets winning by like 30, but that ain't it, Chief. With the way that this team looked last week, with, you know, adjustments still needing to be made, with a lot of young guys who are still gaining experience, offensive line not anywhere near what you need to be to be truly competitive in this league. I don't think this offense has the day that they need to have in order to give the defense the points they need to win. I do think this game is going to be close. I think it comes down to Denver scoring late, not to take the lead, but to put it away. I think the final is Denver 23, Jets 13. Jets put together a better offensive game, but like I said, not what they needed to be. Still more room to develop, still more room to improve, which is good because you want a young quarterback looking at things to improve instead of hearing how great he is early on. I mean, long-term, not short-term, that has to be the approach right now with Zach Wilson and with this team. And today, it's just another step going forward in the solid Wilson era, which we all need to know is what it is. This is the future, guys. You just got to build. It was a brutal week last week. It's a terrible, terrible week. But it's a new day today. It's a very new day. So get those wings ready. If you're still eating your bacon, egg, and cheese, make sure you're down in that bad boy. And you better have an Arizona on the side because that's how to truly eat a bacon, egg, and cheese. And if you're in Jersey, I get it. Eat the ta Taylor ham, egg, and cheese, pork roll, whatever y'all call it. I mean, respect. It's good stuff. I just don't live in Jersey, so I don't get it very often. I get my bacon, egg, and cheeses. That's that's my growing up. That's my go-to meal on a Sunday. I apologize if I offended anyone. <laughs> but enjoy your foods today, guys. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77. Let me know what you're thinking. Pre-game, what you're looking for. Hit me up during the game. Tell me what you're seeing. I want to hear from you guys. Post-game thoughts. I'll be back here later on after the game. Take a listen to that. You know how. Subscribe. 
Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're listening right now. Appreciate you for taking the time. Let's have a day today. Need to show some improvement. Talk to you after the game, though. Peace.